I think instead we have to focus on local economies, understanding of our natural resources, because Nepal has a lot to offer. We have to understand our human resources, because to be honest, a lot of migrant workers that leave are highly skilled people Mm. that we can employ in Nepal itself, that we can motivate to become an entrepreneur itself. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 224 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Anouk Tamraka Vesteg. Anouk is a Nepal-based manufacturing and brand consultant for fashion, home and lifestyle brands who produce artisanal products in South Asia. Anouk works with companies around the world who put qualitative, ethically manufactured products at the heart of their operations. Having lived in South Asia for the past seven years, she's immersed herself in the local culture and cultivated a solid network of experienced makers and creators. In April 2017, Anouk co-founded Timro Platform. Timro provides a common platform for local artisans, designers and entrepreneurs in Nepal. By fostering cooperation between brands and facilitating market access and opportunities, they aim to stimulate innovation, reduce the out-migration of talented young people from Nepal and increase local pride in made in Nepal products. Timro Academy is an educational platform for entrepreneurial minds and innovative thinkers that believe in making an impact by choosing people and planet first. Timro aims to provide alternative educational solutions that apply to today's world affordable for everyone. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Anouk's insights into the social enterprise movement in Nepal. We'll talk a little bit about how Nepal's social enterprises have been responding to our whole world situation of COVID-19. So, Anouk, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. So are we. So let's get things started, Anouk. Can you please share a little bit about your background and what led to your passion in social enterprise and, and living in Kathmandu? Yes, thank you. So after I started social work in the Netherlands, I came for the first time in Nepal 12 years ago. At that time, I worked for an organization that focused on prevention of sex trafficking and rescue of underage girls out of the sex industry. Mm. That's a little bit different of what I'm doing now, but always in my heart. I came back to Nepal five years later. I am now living in Nepal seven years. I always knew I wanted to be part of a change, but I didn't want to participate in a traditional and, sorry for my words, but old-fashioned development world where we have created a heavily reliant culture, Mm. in my opinion. So I truly believe that real development is based on self-sustaining financial independence and not on constant need of external funding. Mm. For me, the answer to that is social entrepreneurship, making, making an impact by business and choosing people in planet first. That's really the answer to this is what I found out. 
So this is also the reason why we have created a platform and a space for entrepreneurial minds, innovative thinkers to become social entrepreneurs. And I think we really have to understand that supporting young people to become social entrepreneurs mm. doesn't only create financial independence, but it will also be the employers now and in the future offering the jobs where people come first with safe work environment, fair wages, etc. Wonderful. So I was living in Nepal now seven years. Meanwhile, I got married in Nepal, so I have also a Nepali husband, so that keeps me here as well. Yeah. But very passionate about our work, yeah. And you're the co-founder at Timro, Anouk. So, yes. I mean, this it, it sounds like a wonderful platform. So tell us a little bit more about your organization's purpose and the sort of work that you're doing there. So Timro means basically yours. It needs yours translated in English. And that is what we really wanted to be. It's, it's a platform for everyone. Mm. We want it to be really inclusive. So Timro, we aim to work with ent- entrepreneurs and enterprises across income levels, language barriers, econo- uh, economical sectors, and regional divides. I think it's really important in developing country and countries that you have to aim to be in- as inclusive as possible. What we do is two different things. I would divide it in two different things. We are a sales platform where young Nepali entrepreneurs can do their market research, where they can try their products on a really for a really low cost. Yeah. What the only thing we do is take a small service charge and a commission, but I get a lot out of it, like in connection to the international market, networking, local market, and more. Yeah. But while we were growing our sales platform, we did straight away realize that we needed to have an educational platform as well. Mm. So I would say like the purpose is really to be an inclusive platform for entrepreneurs and enterprise across income levels, language barriers, economic sectors and regional divides. We want to be as inclusive as possible, as I mentioned before. That is really the purpose to create that support system for entrepreneurial minds and innovative thinkers. I think that is the purpose of, for me, of Timro. So, Anouk, you've worked with a lot of artisans, local designers, manufacturers. What are your observations of the social enterprise movement in Nepal? We see more and more social enterprises rising in the past five years, yeah. uh, especially after the earthquake in 2015. Mm. We also do see that a lot of young entrepreneurs find themselves in a generation gap where they have to constantly reflect on their own values and the ways their elders have done business for the past generations. Yeah. And uh, Nepal holds a culture with a, lot of, with a lot of respect for elders. And this can be very challenging for young people to fight the norms on what business means to them mm. and what business means today and what a social enterprise means to them. Yeah. We also still see a lot of fear for opening up communications and ideas that might be copied. And rightfully so, because we do not really have copyrights in Nepal. We have many issues where artisans don't always value the samples and designs and use them for other clients, for example. Yes. So we are very much in a it's, it's a process where we are in, but like social entrepreneurship is a young concept in Nepal, but despite all these challenges, we have an amazing young generation of Nepalese that are passionate to make a difference, young people will, with innovative ideas that are ready to fight stigmas and norms. And social entrepreneurship might be a young concept to Nepal, but the movement is growing day by day. It, it's sometimes so many great initiatives are coming up mm. that I can't even 
follow up myself. Yeah. Yeah. So Nepal holds a lot of challenges, also in the supply chain. So this is also very challenging for small, you know, SMEs, social enterprises. For example, when you are a startup, you find yourself often in the supply chains where you're between business cartels, agents, and middlemen. That you know, so many great challenges. Yeah. But despite the challenges, many great innovative ideas and ambitious young Nepalese. Mm, yeah. Which is super exciting. I mean, you've spoken about the so challenges. So exciting! I, you know, that what keeps me going every day. I, I am, I wake up excited every day. <laughs> That's great. It's, it makes it a little bit easier to do the work you do when you're led by that passion, right, Anouk? Yes, of course. Now, Anouk, you've spoken a little bit about the challenges. You've, you've highlighted, obviously, the 2015 earthquake. And now we have given added impacts of COVID-19. And yes. that's obviously seeing some, some really big change in Nepal. So I'm keen to hear where you see some of the key gaps and opportunities for social entrepreneurs in the region that you're based right now. Yes, so the first thing that really came to my mind was relocalizing. I really think as Nepal, we have to just promise that in the future we never see a humanitarian crisis that we see right now again Mm -hmm. with migrant workers. I mean, more than half a million migrant workers came back to Nepal and are unemployed right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very much suffering, I would say. I think instead we have to focus on local economies, understanding of our natural resources, because Nepal has a lot to offer. We have to understand our human resources, because to be honest, a lot of migrant workers that leave are highly skilled people Mm. that we can employ in Nepal itself, that we can motivate to become an entrepreneur itself, to create better opportunities and local economies. I really see great opportunities there. We need to find a strategy to keep people in Nepal and create dignified employment and safe work environments. I think that's a great job for social entrepreneurship. Based on the needs on the local and international market, I really believe that the first thing that comes to mind is agriculture. We rely far too much on import and we have great soil in Nepal. We can grow anything. So this is something that is a great opportunity. But personally, I'm very passionate about complications supply chain. I think there are all, the, the supply chain holds a lot of opportunities, like, for example, growing and processing raw materials in Nepal itself. Mm. Nepal has great cardamom, hemp, nettle, what we can actually process, make into yarn and sustainable textiles. Yeah. This can all be done also out of sight of Kathmandu. This can also be done in areas where we have a lot of returning migrants. I think this is something that holds a great potential. My, I do really believe in dreaming big and I would love to see Nepal as a leading country in the supply of sustainable textiles mm. and yarn. I really believe that that, that is feasible. Yeah. So, yeah. These are two of the things that are really uh, come to my mind. But there are there are some others as well. I think there are still opportunities in tourism as well. I also do believe coffee is one of the great opportunities for social entrepreneurs. Digital, the, the whole digital world is, of course, one of those. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you'll unpack a little bit more of this during this year's Social Enterprise World Forum, which is the first year that the forum is going to be fully online this year in Nook, and you're a speaker there. So yes. with over 4,000 entrepreneurs that are expected to attend, what are you most looking forward to about SEWF Digital? 
I think it's great as much as I love to meet physically. I think it's great to have a digital platform. Mm. And what I'm most excited about is to learn about upcoming social enterprises globally, about like-minded people. And as I mentioned to you before, I listened to your podcast with Rasmin yesterday mm. uh, from Malaysia, and I just felt so connected to his story. And I think that is something amazing about the event that we connect with like-minded people. I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be a great place to meet a bunch of social entrepreneurs with a whole heap of inspiring projects and initiatives. Speaking of which, Inuk, I'm really keen to hear about some of those social enterprises or projects that you've come across recently, which you believe are creating some great positive social change. Yes. So I want to actually do a shout out to one of the social enterprises in Nepal that I'm really pressed by mm. and that they have been doing great during the whole COVID-19 situation as well. And that's Cochroma. Cochroma is a very young social enterprise that started, I might say, what, one and a half years ago, yep. roughly. Cochroma makes children and baby clothes based on traditional Nepali designs, yep. but is inspired by the Finnish baby baskets that the maternity, the maternity packages. What where they are very different is that the fabrics that they use are woven in prison mm. and creates an income for prisoners so they can send the money home for their families. The all the fabrics the yarn use are azo free dyed. Then their baby clothes are made in a workshop where they empower women from underprivileged backgrounds. Yeah. And during the lockdown, instead of sitting back, this is really amazing. She started first making masks, okay, like many others do that as well. Yeah. But what happened, I think, one or two weeks after the lockdown started is one of my friends, this is an experience I had with Cochroma during the lockdown. One of my friends called who was distributing food packages in the valley and she cried. Mm. And she said to me, Anouk, we are, there is a big forgotten group. There are all these young pregnant women women who just have given birth and there is nothing. These people, they often live from what the street has to offer. But with the 100% lockdown, mm. there is nothing to offer on the streets. There are babies born beside the road without even a cloth yeah. to wrap the baby in. So I thought I call Kukroma. We talk about it. She already does baby clothes. So we have set up a fund. And don't ask me how, but in two days, the first maternity packages were delivered to my friend. Wow. And we have been delivering together and also we see found other sponsors and other funds to deliver maternity packages all over the country mm -hmm. during the lockdown. And she has made, with 10 women working for her, and she has made 10,000 masks wow. in one week. And I think that is so impressive. Wow. I mean, she really knew how to use this. She really became super innovative during this time. And mm. I think that is where it's all about. Yeah. And I'm so impressed. So it's a, a great initiative, very important. Yes. It is. It sounds to great. Local we'll, market, yes. we'll stick a link through in the article so that people can click on through and have a look at what's been happening there. It's a great initiative. So to finish yes. off then, Anouk, what books would I, you recommend to our listeners? As an entrepreneur myself, I was once got a recommendation to read the book The Messy Middle, which is not only a book just to read from the beginning till the end, it becomes a guide. Mm. And I think the messy middle 
it basically talks about that time, starting your business and become at that point that you are not a startup anymore, but start to grow and build your institution, you come in this place what Kurt Belsky describes as the messy middle. Mm -hmm. And this is not something that, as an entrepreneur, we all end up in that space. And instead of being fearful about it, I think embracing it, learning from it, accepting that we all come in that space of the messy middle, I think this book is just a great guide for all startups and Mm -hmm. social entrepreneurs. Yeah. Also, because I think for a social entrepreneur, the mess that talking about the messy middle is even more complicated than any other business. Since we and I think uh, Rasmin spoke a little bit about it in your other podcast, we have so many levels of values, so many levels of social impact. How we do we measure impact? We have so many more aspects we think about that I think having a guide, especially for that complicated time, what is called the messy middle, it's amazing. Kotbelski has also great videos. He's also, he has also, he's also someone who does TED Talks. Just, I think it's great. Yeah, he is quite inspirational. And he was the founder of 99u.com. A whole bunch of yeah. different sources there, particularly for, for people at that sort of student stage of their journey. So, look, that's a great book there. We'll throw a link in again. So, we're very much looking forward to seeing you at SEWF Digital this year. And, yeah, we, we would like to thank you for your generous insights and time today. And we'll look forward to tracking your journey. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.